0: welcome to running on ice the coolest community in freight i'm your host mary o'connell bringing you the latest tech updates warehouse news and everything happening in the cold chain world not only is there the coolest show and freight but there's also the running on ice newsletter that you can subscribe to on freightwaves.com slash running on ice Today we are joined by Richie Daigle, Enterprise Account Executive at Tyve. Welcome to the show, Richie.
1: Hi, Mary. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on and yeah, excited about the the conversation.
0: I am kind of excited about this because TIVE has been uh, a dream, a guest for a while, so thank you for making this happen. Uh, Before we get too far into our interview today, let's get some background on you and kind of how you got started at TIVE.
1: Yeah, I joined the TIVE team almost two years ago. yeah, I was really impressed with the technology, uh, the culture, uh, kind of the ethos behind the company, what they were trying to achieve, uh, the success that they were having and are still having, um, just wanted to be part of that. You know, I, I saw it as a, a technology and something that has tangible impact and on, you know, on transportation and, and even the world at, at, at large, you know, like helping refrigerated freight and and actually even regular freight, you know, any type of freight um, get to where it's supposed to be and reducing re- waste and reducing the amount of freight that gets damaged, it gets lost, it gets stolen. Um, yeah, that seems like something cool to be part of that solution.
0: The reducing waste is something that I am uh, personally a big fan of because it wasn't until I started actually looking into like how much waste is lost in either refrigerated cargo or, or, you know, dry van freight, how much freight is lost because of issues in the supply chain and because, you know, someone missed a cross dock on a LTL shipment or, you know, something got stranded somewhere. It The numbers are alarming. And so I was I'm very happy that there are people out there trying to solve that problem and kind of bring, uh, bring some order to that kind of chaos because the I think what the food supply chain alone, like thirty percent of our food is lost because of improper handling and everything throughout the supply chain. So, very excited for people to be tackling that because it's um it's not it's not fun. It's really not fun to see those numbers.
1: Yeah, I think I don't know the validity of this statistic. It gets tossed around from time to time. Um, I don't know how you would even go about checking it, but I've heard that the amount of uh food lost, you know, food that gets goes to waste while in transportation uh from temperature from theft whatever it may be if you're able to capture i think a fair percentage of that you would if you could redistribute it you know across the world you could solve world hunger like that that would literally solve world hunger with how much food that goes to waste while moving it around um so i feel like it just isn't like an acceptable thing (laughs) i feel like like what could be done about this
0: it absolutely is one of those, as soon as you see it, you're like, well, this is a massive problem that uh, you kind of feel like you kind of, you don't feel good when you see all these numbers stop up and you know that, you know, it's just, you know, it's, you don't feel, you don't feel good knowing that there's a solution. It's just a matter of getting the, everything into the right hands. So, um, but that's not what we're talking about today. Today, we are talking about Argo theft, something that has been on the rise for, I want to say, the better part of last year. And, um, so one of the things that, and it happens more than just on cross-border freight, although that seems to be where it happens the, to me, that's where it seems to be that happens the most often. Um, but I guess you guys are the expert over there at Tyve. How is, how often does cargo theft really happen? Cause we see the quarterly numbers of, oh, X amount of freight was lost due to theft. But like, is it something that, you know, happens every day or is it something that's like um, uh, like, you know, they just kind of strike on Saturdays. How often does it actually happen?
1: Yeah. It's more frequent than you want to realize And the thing is, is whatever the numbers report, uh, the situation's a lot worse. You know, like not everybody reports cargo theft. Not everyone's like quick to admit that. Yeah. Someone ripped me off. You know, and that's, that's not something that everybody wants to like get out there. Um, so whatever is reported is like, those are the cockroaches in your kitchen that you see Well, what, how many are behind the cabinets, you know, like how, how big is the problem really? Um, and so what we, what we do know is that cargo theft is up a ridiculous amount, like something like 60%, I think 59% year over year. Um, and that food and beverage is one of the primary targets right now. Um, for whatever reason, you know, a lot of the you know thieves are, are targeting things that they can turn around quickly. They can freight that they can turn into cash and in a quick way. Um, so we're seeing that. I think it is part of this conversation though, because if if food and beverages get stolen, maybe there's an argument that like, oh, maybe they're getting sold somewhere, but um, you lose that visibility. So where and what's that waste look like? Are, is the black market like really efficient at, at spreading food and beverages to people that need it? Are they trying to solve world hunger? Like, is it, are the thieves out there to like, you know, redistribute this to places that need it? Like, I'm not convinced. I feel like it's, it's more problematic. Um, so yeah, it is, it is part of the conversation here about, Reducing waste, you know, and making sure stuff gets where it's supposed to go.
0: I don't I want I want to believe that the people that are stealing the cargo freight are pulling a Robin Hood and like, you know, going out there and like handing out like grapes and drinks to people that that need it. Um, However, last time I checked, like thieves on the black market aren't exactly known for being like Robin Hood. So, Um, you know, I don't I wish I wish I wish that didn't happen, but uh, it does. It is weird, though to me that they always choose food and beverage i know they just want something that can turn really quickly but i'm just kind of i know it's more sophisticated than this but i have a picture in my head of someone just opening up like a truck of strawberries and they're like okay we gotta go find someone that wants to just randomly buy an entire truck of strawberries and let's go and i'm just like they have to kind of know what's on that truck to know if it's worth kind of breaking into or stealing um but I do feel like there had to be a couple of times where they opened it up and it's just a bunch of bananas or a bunch of strawberries. And they're like, this is not what we expected it to be.
1: Yeah. And I think it's helpful to know, like, what are all the different types of theft, right? Because there's a lot that gets considered theft um, or security, you know, problems. And then understanding some of the the forces that are raising some of those. Um, so like the three big types of theft, you have straight theft, which is, look, truck, trailer i'm gonna go steal it all let's go you know like that's that's your straight theft um you have strategic theft which is you know someone receives they're on a computer they hack a tms they figure out what's in a certain load they're running some double brokering schemes they're playing some shell games to try to you know find an innocent truck driver and direct them to a warehouse to drop stuff off and then it all disappears so you have that and then there's like pilferage which is I want to get in the back of this trailer. I don't want to take everything because I only got a Suburban. I can't fit it all, you know, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to go take whatever I can or um, I'm a, I'm a truck a not so good truck driver or um, not even that it's a not so good truck driver, just a truck driver that would say a need or who is in a situation where they're feeling, you know, their morals are kind of stuck in a spot and they're like, you know what? I got a space in the back of this trailer. And you know what? Uh, Inflation is going up. It's more expensive to put food on the table. My rent just went up. I have all these new economic pressures and the market rates are on the floor and I'm not making much money. And I got to make money somewhere. I got to get creative. And these people are paying me money, but I got a third of a trailer that's empty or a half a trailer that's empty. I'm going to go pick up this other LTL load. I'm going to go pick something up and make some extra profit you know um so there's that i think that would fall under pilferage as well and those intentions may be somewhat just and somewhat you know understandable but depending on what gets put in the back of that trailer there could be off gassing that could ruin the freight that's already there there's all all kinds of security concerns eta concerns etc that, that come with that so a lot of different things that are happening i think straight theft is kind of flat right now but pilferage and, um, his strategic depth are kind of skyrocketing.
0: (laughs) I was going to say this, when you brought on that, like, oh, I'm just going to go pick up that LTL load or that partial load to fill out the rest of that truck. I cannot even tell you how many times I would sit in the, on the floor and listen. And it's like, no, you can't go pick up another load. Like, no, you can't do that with this. Um, I feel like that has to occur 10 times more often than anything else. I feel like that has to be one of the more common ones, Um, But although, you know, we have heard more and more stories of, you know, people like hacking in and, you know, double brokering is on an insane rise. And that, again, is one of those where what are those numbers actually? Because I don't know that everyone's reporting every time that they got got, you know.
1: Exactly. And and then you have, you know, along with the same, um, you know, inflation's going up, rates are down. I got to find ways to put more money on the table. I'm going to cut some costs. So I may take that reefer unit that should be on continuous and set it to automatic or shut it off for a little while and save that fuel. You know, that that's sort of behavior that kind of falls into the same realm. It's understandable. And I get it with like the market pressures that are at play right now, but um, this is where, you know, visibility, communication, trust, relationships. You want to have relationships, as uh, strong relationships with as many people as you can that are in, that have a hand in your freight. Um, and then you also want to have technology in place that allows you to understand when st- stuff is happening that shouldn't be. Um, and that helps strengthen those relationships, I think, and, and keeps everybody on the same page.
0: Oh, yeah. I know that at uh, the end of last year, everyone was saying, oh, utilize those relationships, kind of help your carriers get through a hard time as they were there to help shippers get through Um, you know, crazy high spot rates. Um, I think it's now even more than that of, you know, remember those carriers that were there for you, use those, lean on those guys. And, um, you know, I personally, if I were in a shipper seat right now, I'd be extremely hesitant to bring on some new carriers. Not that there aren't amazing carriers out there because they are, it's just a matter of, you know, that trust of, okay, well, you know, everyone, it appears that everyone's getting taken advantage of left and right. How do I know what a good carrier is? How do I know That this is someone that is good if i don't necessarily have one of our trusted carriers vouching for them and also you never know and sometimes that carrier will hire some someone that doesn't exactly have the the most due north moral compass and you know that carrier will just have a driver that maybe you know is on a hard time or it was presented with a too good of an opportunity so i think that's that's something that you know everyone is kind of open like they're kind of left open to have a theft occur but it's, it's hopefully less likely if you have those strong relationships and, you know, you're going back to those that, you know, and trust that have a proven record on you with you.
1: You need both, right? I mean, there's this whole concept of redundancy and you know, there is, uh, before the pandemic it was you know, just in time, like let's run super lean. And now it's like post pandemic, everyone's like, maybe we should call it just in case and like be careful, you know? And it's like, um, I get it, but and so there's this move towards more resiliency in, in supply chains, and I think what that looks like in practice is both like strengthening the relationships and leveraging technology to, um, you know, increase the overall level of awareness and transparency and visibility that you have in place, so that if you do have to bring on somebody new, you have something there that gives you kind of handle some of your risk. You know, helps you. Keep a better eye on things, and then you never know what's happening with the people that you've trusted for a long time. You you lean on those relationships, but at the same time, you want to also have you know your own own control over over the the data and what's happening with that freight.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be absolutely crucial moving like moving forward into the future because a lot of people got caught. I don't want to say sleeping, but they got caught not quite ready for the pandemic. And honestly, who, who's ever ready for a global pandemic? not me. Um, (laughs) And so I think it kind of became like, oh, hurry up. And I mean, you know, we see this uh, throughout various parts of, you know, the economic times of going from um, the just-in-time delivery to having a little bit of things. And everyone kind of has an ebb and a flow. So right now we're coming out of that just-in-time just to always have something around to, you know, just in case if something doesn't make it, just in case, you know, you can't shut down an entire production facility because a truck's, an hour or two late or a day late, like that's not really an option anymore because consumers are kind of not really on board with, oh, sorry, we have a supply chain shortage so you can't get that product this week. Like they're done with it, they're over it. I even know now when I see it in the grocery store, I'm like, how bad are things at your, like how bad is this shipper at supply chain if now I'm still seeing a, unavailable to get it doing to supply chain problems? I'm like, how bad is that? Because that has gotta be pretty bad that like, you're still struggling.
1: Yep. And I think like in the security world, what we see is, you know, your, your overall solution process supply chain is as strong as its weakest link. And, you know, from a security standpoint, what are the weak links in that chain from, from freight security? And you, you can kind of plug them into three basic buckets. You know, there's a hardware component, there's a software component, there's a people component. Um, hardware is basically like, where is your data coming from? Where is your visibility coming from? Are you dependent on um, a driver being compliant? Are you dependent on ELD? Are you dependent on something where you don't have complete control? Or are you utilizing like an IOT device or something where you have way more control of the data, the validity of the data where it's coming from, and not needing to, to rely on another human for you to get that data? So there's that data hardware sort of bucket like how strong is that how strong are your software systems to be able to make all that data like ingestible and actionable and do you have people that can take action if something comes up um so if are you going to know when the doors are opening to your truck do you have technology in place that's going to give you that visibility like the moment it happens and if it does happen is that data going to be going into a system that makes it easily known to a lot of people and, or, and do you have people in place that can take action and do something about it in that moment? I think these are questions that, that companies should be asking themselves a lot more right now.
0: I think that it's 100% spot on because, you know, sometimes people through the flow of data, I, I've seen it myself where, you know, we only get thing, we only make a call like once or twice a day. And that's when a whole batch of, you know, data for processing or invoices or anything like across the board, just a whole bunch of data comes in like every couple like twice a day for certain vendors and other vendors it's a different one but you know and something as important as you know is someone accessing your trailer is you know what temperature is your is you're afraid at given any time during the day um to only get those updates like twice a day or maybe at the end of the day or not necessarily having an efficient workflow where those are immediately brought to the top of the queue like those are things that you need to know those are plans you need to have in place because otherwise if you know that someone's opened your freight and or you've opened your door and then you know how long has your has the door been open and how long has that freight been subject to maybe a temperature that's not supposed to be at then you don't want to find out about that two three hours later you want to find out about it now which means you know you do kind of have to implement those workflows and say okay well this is a priority so anytime you see this this is what this is the plan you have to make for it because you can have all the alerts in the world but until you have someone to sit there and make that actionable plan from it, that's when that's when like the real the real the real work begins.
1: Exactly. Like if you find out someone's opening your doors, um, and the the load's not anywhere close to a destination, what are you going to do? What's your next step? And, and like you need to have an SOP or some sort of plan in place for that. So it's, to your point is like get the get the technology in place first of all. So that you know when things are going wrong, if they do go wrong, and have a plan.
0: Because something like that, like, so for the example of your doors coming open, it could be something that, okay, you you are getting burglarized and you need to make sure that your driver's okay. And maybe it's law enforcement to that. Like, it could be something like that. Or it could be your driver broke down and they're off. They're like, they're transferring it on the side of the road, but the driver just neglected to call you and say that, oh, they broke down and they were going to try and like, get away with it which it happens but you still want to know about it and because then what else have they been hiding from you so that's where like even though it's like it's something so tiny just doing that so you know what's going on Um, not that you know the drivers are trying to pull one over on you but sometimes mistakes happen and you I've seen it myself where you got the two trailers up against each other on the highway and you just drive past and go that guy's having a really bad day um, so sometimes it's, sometimes it's nefarious activity and other times somebody's just having a bad day, but still you want to know what's happening and that you should know what's happening because it's your freight at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that there are ways today with technology to where, um, you can raise your overall awareness without impacting your time. You can automate your awareness. You know, like, like you, can, you can have different types of alerts in place over different criteria, whether the temperature range or whether it's doors opening or whether uh, there's a shock sensor that says your trailer just got hit by a train and that might be a problem. You know, <laughs> like what, whatever it is, or like the location of, of your freight, like you can have, um, you know, overlapping alerts set up to text message you if something doesn't go to plan. Now your your awareness is is elevated without having to stare at dots on a map, like crossing a screen. <laughs> like no one has done that, you know?
0: And I think that's something that's so often overlooked. And we've talked about it a few times in past episodes of, you know, it, it might take a minute. It might take a little bit to get it set up. But once it's set up, you don't, in theory, have to look at it again. You just kind of, it might take a little bit of investment of time and energy to get it to get those automations set up but once they're there you don't have to touch them again and you don't have to have someone sit there like you said and just you know watch a driver drive across the country make sure nothing happens to it and um, it kind of frees up some of those some of the other human capital to you know handle those alerts handle those decisions that do require someone to take in the data and go oh we need to make a plan for it and here you go it frees them up for that because um, you know, if there's anything you can do to automate it, I'm a big fan of that. Just automate out the other stuff that nobody likes and just manage the exceptions.
1: And having that plan in place frees you up too, right? Because now if you find out the doors are open, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, what do we do? What do we do? Then something's happening. or are our freight. Like you're freaking out. Um, that's it. You don't want to be spending 30 minutes trying to like, who do I call? What do I do? What's next? Um, if you have that plan, okay, this is happening. Let's stay calm make these phone calls. Here's what we do. And you get right to it.
0: Yeah. It's that, uh, it's just that immediate jump in of, okay, well, X happened. So we're going to do ZY and A or whatever. Um, it's, it's, I think those plans while nobody wants to think about it, I think they're absolutely crucial because it, like you said, it takes out that room for panic where you just kind of freak out and assume the worst, like, no, we just follow these steps and, can, and depending on what happens, this is what we do.
1: And the result of that, it, I mean, you know, no plan is going to be bullet. You know, nothing's going to stop 100%. But I think as a result, there will be moments where the phone call you make is not, hey, we lost a load, but hey, we still have it. And that's an amazing thing because here's what just happened. um And, and that's a much different type of conversation.
0: Yeah. That's a conversation that you want to have, not, the other kind; those are not the ones that anybody wants to have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: All right. So we are running out of time, but everyone that comes on the show has to answer this question, and Richie, you are no exception. Are you ready for it?
1: I'm um, as ready as I can be.
0: Okay. Is cereal considered a soup?
1: So I looked into this, and I had to look at definitions. And you know, fun fact: there, it you know, every word requires other words to define it. Right. So there's this wonderful little philosophy trap where like there is no singular word that stands on its own it always points to other words and so there's this fun little circular thing that happens in language right So, there's always going to be room for debate here because there's always going to be this thing happening with words and which words you're going to choose and how you want to so this this is there's no end no definitive end to this question however Running off of uh, what a lot of definitions for soup uh, will say, Um, the hot and cold thing isn't as big of a thing as is it involving a stock of some sort, whether that's a vegetable stock, beef stock, or a seafood stock, or a chicken stock. Most soups are going to require some sort of stock, and cereal doesn't have a stock it's milk. And I think this is why you would find that smoothies are never considered, uh, r- rarely if ever considered soups, despite their liquid love substance as well, because there is no stock there. Um, it is all fruit and vegetables and ice and milks and stuff like that. So I think cereal would fall more into that realm, maybe a ple- pre-blended smoothie, um, um, and based off of that would not be considered a soup from its lack of, of some sort of stock.
0: So it's cereal is a pre-blended smoothie.
1: Yeah, I'll go with that definition. Um, and this, this is the conclusion that I, uh, landed on after, Probably more more thought than I'll want to admit to towards this.
0: I like it. It's, we've not heard that re- that reasoning before. Um, you are kind of there's a uh, a smoothie re- or a smoothie place around here. Um, it's a chain, but I don't know if everybody has them. Uh, smoothie King, and I really want to walk into Smoothie King and say, "Can I get a pre-blended cereal smoothie?"
1: Let me know what happens if you ask that.
0: Well, it's mostly staffed by like high schoolers, so they're just gonna look at me like I'm extremely weird. Um, but it's going to be a fun education lesson for all of
1: us. It's awesome.
0: All right. So if anyone has a, has a, an addition to your, uh, pre-blended smoothie, or if they have any, uh, cargo theft questions to ask you, where can they find you outside the show? Yes.
1: Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Richie Daigle, D-A-I-G-L-E, uh, email is Richie, R-I-C-H-I-E dot Daigle at Tive.com or just go to com and like submit something, is Richie around and like I'll. That to me, and I'll, I'll, I'll get in touch that way. So
0: Awesome. Uh, well, I i am a fan of the last one of just, is Richie around? <laughs> or no, send that in your LinkedIn DM to Richie. Is Richie
1: around? <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, too. <laughs>
0: awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Mary. You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice right here on YouTube or anywhere else you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? No sweat. Subscribe to the newsletter on freightwaves.com slash running on ice. See you on the internet.